Welcome to Get It Done Entrepreneurs, where we talk with founders of companies who bet on themselves in one. My name is Rich Lebrun, and I am the founder and CEO of Lebrun Advisory Group. You can find us at rlebrun.com. Our mission is to help our clients build wealth through business ownership. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Our special guest today is Stephanie Downs. She is CEO of Uncage Innovations, which we're going to get a chance to hear about. Stephanie has over 20 years of experience founding, building, and selling businesses in a variety of industries. She also spent over a decade serving as a corporate social responsibility consultant, advising companies on alternatives to animal materials. She founded her first company in 1999, an internet marketing company that she later sold in 2014 to a venture capital firm. Then in 2016, she founded the, founded the venture Good Dot, an organization that quickly grew to be the largest plant-based meat company in India. She sold her interests in that company to embark on helping build more innovative material companies. Now, Stephanie serves as the CEO of the emerging next-generation leather company called Uncaged Innovations. Stephanie has also been featured as an expert in countless media. She received various awards, including the 40 Under 40 Award in two states, the Dewey Do-Gooder Award, <laughs> and she has been a TEDx speaker. She holds a BA in marketing from Illinois State University. Uh, Stephanie loves traveling, volunteering. She has been to over 45 countries, volunteered in Greece, Brazil, Costa Rica, Malaysia, South Africa, and more. Stephanie lives in New York City with her partner and two rescue dogs. With that said, <laughs> welcome, Stephanie, to the show. Um, my, my PR team was very thorough with that. So <laughs> thank, you. thank you for that intro. Yeah, what a superstar, right? There you go. <laughs> Well, Stephanie, we got, we talked a little bit about the before we got the, the podcast kicked off. We our our listeners love to hear st the stories how people became an entrepreneur. You started companies, sold companies. Now you're running a company. So pick a lane, however you like to do. But you know, we talked a little bit. You came a small town girl from to a big city, but you have become an entrepreneur in true spirit. So tell us what that was. Tell us your story. How you got to where you are today. Yeah, no, you know, growing up, I, I, so I was a kid in the 80s and then graduated college in the 90s. And at that time, it was, I honestly, I never had thought that I would become an entrepreneur. I was very much at that, at that time, at least most of us were bred to, um, you know, go into the corporate world, join a big company, which I ended up doing IBM, you know, work your way up the corporate ladder. Uh, but it didn't take long for me to figure out that that was not the right fit for me. I felt <laughs> a little bit trapped and uh, just uh, not, not uh, didn't move quite as fast as I, I think I enjoyed. So um, then I, um, I ended up becoming an entrepreneur ultimately because I'd left IBM. I was working for a um, software startup um, and um, in the late 90s that um, that actually went through a round of layoffs. They brought in a new CEO that decided on day one that or that first week that he wanted to cut a million dollars in overhead. Um, and he laid off the whole marketing team and the whole IT department. Um, it was probably the softest layoff ever from the standpoint they said, we're hiring you back tomorrow as consultants. Um, but, uh, but that was really how it ended up getting started. So many people were leaving that company. This was in 1999. I mean, you could throw a rock and find a job, you know, so it was just people were leaving and going to, to other places. And then they would call me because um, I'd been on the I'd handled the marketing for the company, and they said, "Hey, could you help us with some marketing?" And and then that rolled into me me starting my first company. So, 
Well, that's exciting. But then you kind of grew that company and then you sold it and you started another company. So carry us a little bit farther into this story, if you wish. Sure, sure. Yeah. So my first company, um, which again, I started in 1999, was a digital marketing company. So, um, and that, you know, now that's not an interesting thing, but in 1999, you had to explain to people what that was. And um, I, I remember speaking at my first conference and I asked people in the audience how many had email and only half the room raised their hand. And I thought, oh boy, <laughs> so this is going to be rough. Uh, but yeah, so I got in really, really, that was a great time to get into that gig. And I had that company for 15 years. Along the way, I, um, you know, I went vegetarian, then I went vegan, and I just decided that animal welfare was a passion of mine. So I started um, doing, um, as you mentioned in my bio, I actually started helping out animal welfare groups and doing corporate outreach to companies to talk to them about the issues with having animals in their supply chain and ways to remove them. So that kind of started me down an interesting path that then led to after I sold my first company, then I started the plant-based meat company because I wanted to start something. I wanted to start a company that helped animals, you know, so it was a business, but it also was, was giving back. All right. So, all right. So this, you went from a big transition to digital marketing to having this passion about animals. very big transition. Can you, can you blow that up on a big screen? A yeah. Bit? Yeah. I mean, that was mainly, you know, that opportunity came part, came about because, you know, around 2015, we were seeing a lot of VCs um, start to get into that space. In particular, there were some venture capital firms that were specifically founded to to fund um, alternative protein companies or companies that were developing things to remove animals from the supply chain. So I actually had an interesting opportunity with a VC fund, essentially off, they gave me money to look for an opportunity in the space. I always joke that in 2015, I was one of the few animal welfare people that could read a PL statement. So that's how I got that opportunity. Uh, but yeah, but for me, it was, I, honestly, I hadn't really, I, after selling my first company, I was just kind of enjoying life. I didn't really plan to start another one, but this opportunity presented itself and, and, and I did. Did you? I know you said you mentioned you became a vegan. Is that, yes. that the cart before the horse? You became a vegan, then got passionate about the animal side of things, or was it the passion that came first and out of that became a vegan? You know, definitely the the passion or the I what the, my gateway drug that I joke was I just wanted you know when I had my first company in two thousand one timeframe I just wanted because the dot coms had just burst right like it just you know the world was even though what we're going through right now globally feels like a lot two thousand one felt a lot worse <laughs> so, um, but so I wanted to relieve a little stress and and go do something to give back so I I went to volunteer at an animal shelter just to walk dogs and hug some puppies and you know that that began me down this path because then I went vegetarian and off of that, um, you know, I went, I used to go every, every day after I went to volunteer at the animal shelter, I'd go get a pork barbecue sandwich. And one day the light bulb just kind of went on in my head that, you know, I spent all day helping one animal and now I'm eating another. And, and then that led me down the path. So uh, I'm really thankful, you know, definitely my path was long. So I guess as you, you know, to your audience that's out there, it's sometimes it can take a while to find your right thing, you know, uh, but it definitely this, this, this intersection of social enterprise where you're, it's a business, but you're also doing good ended up being my, my happy place. Okay, but you also start your market was over in India. So you didn't even do this uh, in the US. Yeah. How, how, did, how did that come about? That was kind of like a stretch from uh, uh, where you started. Right. No, it was a big stretch. And it was also it was very um, mission based, I guess you could say. So as I, I mentioned, I had an interesting opportunity with a venture capital firm that said, you know, we're looking for business people to start companies in this space, and we're willing to back the venture. So come to us, you know, they they said, come to us with an idea. And so as I as somebody who was very mission aligned, um, looking at this on how can I save the, how, how can I help the most animals? Um, I literally did a six month round the world tour where I went and met with, you know, I talked with Beyond Meat, I went 
went and, you know, talked with different other founders, one called Miyoko's. I went and met with various cultivated, like um, lab grown meat companies in Europe. And, and then I was going over to Hong Kong to go to a conference to see what was going on in Asia. And, um, and ended up, there was a, a couple guys that were looking to do something in India and I got put together with them. So I went to India for a couple of weeks and I just, my, my feeling was that one, the market was ready for this. There wasn't really anything going on in the plant-based food space there. And, um, or it was minimal. Um, and, and I also just felt like this is where we could plant a seed that could really blossom into a, a lot, a whole industry. And so that was why I did it. So I came back to the venture capital firm. They gave me money to just explore India and said, here's some money, put a plan together, come back to us, and then we'll put more into it. So that was how it happened. What a wonderful journey. So, so you've crossed a couple, you know, the, the digital marketing era, you got into this whole uh, and taking care of animal side of things and the vegan side and helping, you know, promote the, uh, you know, that type of uh, industry. Looking back, is there some things that you would say, you know, knowing what I know today, there's some things I would have done differently looking mm. backwards. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. You know, I, I do kind of wish I'd figured it out a little bit sooner, you know, as far as it was a windy path. I started on the for-profit side with the marketing firm and, you know, that was very profitable and that felt good, but it just, you know, it wasn't um, something was missing. And so that's then I ended up, you know, going and doing work for the animal welfare groups. I actually started a charity in the middle of this. I didn't mention that. I started a charity in the Caribbean to help street dogs. And it was like, this isn't quite right. This isn't quite right. And then finally I settled in the middle with the social enterprise. So I definitely wish I'd figured that out a little sooner, but I'm, I'm also still, still thankful for the journey. Okay, but yeah, you are successful. You've done a lot of good things too. You made yeah. a, lot, a, lot, a lot of headway here. Uh, any key decisions that you made that was really a catalyst for that growth? You know, I'm I'm thankful that. Uh, I would say just knowing that I wanted to make the world a better place, you know, that was, you know, that was probably the thing I'm the most thankful for that, um, that I went down that path, you know, when I started volunteering at the animal shelter and kind of doing some of that, I kind of thought that was just going to be uh, kind of one piece of a, a bigger picture of my happiness. Um, and it ended up kind of, it ended up actually being the whole piece, uh, the whole pie. So I'm really thankful that I, that I went down that. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, you know, it's been hard. It's being an entrepreneur is tough, you know, very, very tough. Um, but so, so thankful that I, you know, kind of tried out the different things and found my right spot. Yeah. It sounds like you've gotten your stride and your passion and your <laughs> business put together the same way. Yeah, and I'm very thankful that I, like, for example, doing the company in India, having not done my first business or haven't had many years of business under my my belt, I can't even imagine. You know, like there's there's certain ventures that, like, my my first company was a services company. You know, with the internet marketing, that's a much easier business to start than one that involves building a twenty five thousand square foot factory. You know, so um, so yeah, so I I'm, I was very thankful when I went to do that. I remember thinking to myself, I never could have done this if I tried to start that when I was you know twenty two and and uh, just getting things figured out. So where'd you get that mindset from? You know, my mother's family is very entrepreneurial. And so I'm thinking that's, that's where it came from. Um, and I've also just been naturally stubborn. So uh, <laughs> that, that helps. <laughs> um, you know, I just, I, I think I have a, a tendency to not see obstacles, just to be like, we'll find the way. And, you know, we just keep trying. And I will say, you know, I, I do remember thinking, you know, growing up, my mom's side of the family called it Carter, Carter thinking. My mother's maiden name is Carter. And in the Carter world, there's always a, a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, you know, like they, they don't really know how to give up and they just, you know, they, they really stay with it. My, my mother's um, uh, father was uh, an entrepreneur. He quit school when he was 12 years old. 
um, because of the, the, the Great Depression and, um, and had to go to work um, to help feed his family. And then he, you know, he was a self-made millionaire by the time he was in his mid-20s, um, just sheer hard work. So I think I think I get get some of that. Yeah, I, I sure it sure sounds like you have that <laughs> that skill set and mindset. Okay, I want to get a little break here, commercial break, as we talked about. This is your chance to promote whatever unchanged, unchanged, uncaged innovations. <laughs> uh, if you want to promote the company, who your customers are, it's a unique an industry uh, or any event, anything you'd like to do, this is your time. Okay, okay, great. Yeah, so I'll tell the, the listeners a little bit about Uncaged. So we are a business-to-business company. Um, we're ba- so we work primarily with fashion brands um, or, you know, people, any anybody who's using some type of a leather. Um, so this is some of our material. I'll show a bit of it. Oh, I don't know if it's going to come through with my, my uh, background like that. Oh, you know, let me, uh, anyhow, I can always yeah. show it later. But, um, but yeah, so that's funny how it did like that. Um, but yeah, so it's a um, leather alternative. It's um, completely plastic-free. It's made of, of um, we're using different types of grain byproducts, plant proteins, because um, they're a good um, good substitute to collagen, which is what skin is normally made of. Uh, so we're mainly working with fashion brands that are making goods that are, you know, like wallets, watch bands, um, different types of home decor. Um, we're also starting to work with automotive companies, although I think that uh, probably, I don't know if we'll have any listers from the automotive industry on here, but uh, but yeah, we're seeing a big push in the electronic vehicle division. But um, yeah, so for anybody that's using some type of leather, um, it's a good match with us. Okay. Can the average consumer tell the difference? Is there, is there enough, is there enough likeness? Yeah. So yeah, no, it's very much uh, lots of likeness. We're not actually in the market yet, but we've done hand testing with people and they, they can't tell the difference. So very exciting. Okay. So you're not in the market yet. So you mean? No. Yeah. So we're, we're working with, with different brands on prototyping and stuff because we, as a company, we've been in business for about two and a half years. We spent okay. about two years in the lab working on the innovation. And then just about six months ago, we started engaging with different fashion brands and um, having them prototyping the materials. So people are trying it in jewelry and wallets and watch bands and such. So a listener who would be an in industry, obviously automotive, uh, is there any other type of industry that would be more generic uh, rather than maybe fashion's a little bit more specific? Yeah, so I mean, fashion is the main um, where we're seeing this, but um, you know, also like home decor, office decor, um, you know, leathers used, and it's not just animal leather, but also th- synthetic leathers, and that's what's really created the big need for what we're doing. You know, people are becoming very aware of the environmental impact of cattle farming, um, and you know, rain, rainforest yes, rainforest deforestation, and and other other issues. But then, on the only real alternative available to companies that want that leather look um, is synthetic leathers, which are completely made of plastic. Um, which also, you know, which creates another challenge for the planet. So that's why these these bio-based um, materials that are biodegradable are very high in demand. Yeah, great, great. Well, I'm looking forward to learning more about that and maybe as a consumer seeing that product come our way. Um, all right, let's shift to the second half of the show. This is about, uh, you've, you've been through some trials in, in <laughs> I call market trials, you know, dot-com era, right? You, yeah. yeah, that kind of breeds a lot of bad memories. <laughs> <laughs> You and I are both old enough to remember that. A lot of people. <laughs> yeah, so I remember those days very well. But uh, nonetheless, we're here to talk about it. So that's what we want to talk about. So how did you, you know, 2022, you know, uh, it's almost becoming an old story now since I started this podcast. But nonetheless, we got a hangover from 2022 carrying into 2023. Still got interest rates that are high, labor issues, supply chains, you know, still got some political unrest and wars across the world. We can still, all that stuff is still going on. Um 
But you nonetheless are a CEO now of a company. You got to lead your company. You got to get everybody charged up. And for, you know, <laughs> you see it's, a time, it's an exciting time, scary time, time to expand, invest, and grow, or time to retreat. So that's one part of the question. Then I want to shift it over to you personally. You got to get up in the morning, okay? Mm-hmm. And you got to get yourself ready and, and lead the charge. So how do you keep yourself motivated in such trying times? Yeah, so you know, yeah, it's never never easy to be an entrepreneur during an economic um, downturn or, or turmoil. Um, but definitely, I, I'm somewhat thankful that this is my third um, time going through this. So I went through the dot com bust in um, 01. and at the time, you know, my with my marketing agency because we were digital marketing. Most of the people who were investing or were doing that type of stuff at the time was technology companies. So over 80% of our clients were tech firms. Um, so about 80% of them, about 80% of my clients went bankrupt <laughs> within a matter of months. I had one client whose stock went from $88 to 88 cents in like 10 days. Like it was just, it was just a bloodbath. So not that what we're, you know, I don't mean to, to minimize what we're going through now, but it honestly feels more like a speed bump compared to what the dot-com um, felt like. And then when in 2000, nine when we went through that um, you know financial turmoil um, my marketing firm had um, actually one of our, our our biggest segment was the home goods industry um, because we were selected by you might know the company Hunter Douglas the window mm-hmm. coverings company yeah, uh, we were selected as their vendor of choice to all their distributors um, in in America and what that you know and so if they wanted to have Hunter Douglas pay for half of their marketing fee they had to use us and that was you know that was kind of where, where our bread and butter was at and so when the um, you know the housing crash and all of that, um, happened in 2009 that her, you know, that was, that was very disruptive to our business. So we had to dig back out of that. So, you know, so I've, I've been through this a couple of times. I've learned some lessons. Um, so, you know, I think the way that I kind of view what's going on right now is a little bit of the survival of the fittest. Um, I think we're going to, you know, in, 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 even though it's, hard to be an entrepreneur in this situation because maybe if especially if you're trying to raise investor money and stuff, um, what's also going to happen is that competitors are, you know, it's going to cause less competitors to enter the market because it's going to be harder to get startup dollars to start a new company. Um, and then also ones that haven't been wise with money um, are going to, to disappear. And so, you know, there's, there's that promise. So especially for us, um, I'm a I'm a believer in running lean and mean. You know, I, we run a, we run a tight ship from a budget standpoint, and so we're going to be able to ride this out a lot a lot easier than than other companies will. Okay, so you're 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 a force to be dealt with. <laughs> you pick kind of the big with, you kind of pick the big three to to uh, not talk, you know the the uh, Great Recession and then uh, pandemics. I mean, here you are. Still. I know. Yes, yeah. I- yeah. We started the company in 2020, and I remember, th- and we we'd been working on. It. And yeah, I remember thinking to myself, "Should I do this?" <laughs> but we did it. Now, well, how about yourself? Okay, so I know I know you eat healthy because you're vegan, right? So that's something that obviously helps you get up. But how do you stay focused? How do you how do you you know how do you mentally get yourself ready? You know, it's funny when I when I think about one, I'm I'm not the best at this. You know, I know lots of entrepreneurs who. Um, they, um, you know, they, they're, they're runners or they meditate a lot, which I do try to meditate, but I have a very hard time keeping my mind focused. Um, you know, I, I think of my dad, like I just suck it up. Like I just, <laughs> I just, get, you know, I just, I remember my dad being like, you know, 
you know, what's wrong with you? I didn't raise a sissy. Um, so, <laughs> no crying in baseball. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I used to race cars when I was, I was the son my father always wanted. Um, oh, so, okay. But, um, but yeah, so I, I, you know, I just, I don't know. I, 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 and I think of the animals, you know, that's what really motivates me. That's what drives me. Like, even though the money that you, that can be made off these ventures is, is wonderful. Um, ultimately for me, I, I view this as a way to, to leave, to look back on my life and be like, I, I did something that mattered and I, and I made the world a better place. And that, that pushes me because, you know, my, my, you know, even though there can be tough days as an entrepreneur, it's much better than, than the days of an animal at a, at a, on a slaughterhouse. So, um, you know, that I can push past it. Uh, do you are you an avid reader, a learner? Do you like do you have mentors? Do you believe in having coaches? Yeah, you know we have, and that's a nice thing. You know, being part of the vegan community, um, there's a always never a shortage of people who want to help you out. Um, so yeah, we have I have a lot of great advisors and you know people that we tap into for different things. Um, I love audiobooks and I love to walk, so I, I do a lot, which is great. You know, New York City is a great place to walk around, um, always see something, um, and great people watching. So yeah, I, lo I love going out for walks and listening to audiobooks and kind of just let it give my head a break. Very good. All right. Let's... Let me just ask you uh, your advice to our listeners. The, uh, the person who has an who's an entrepreneur has a company already, thinking mm -hmm. through a time to expand, grow, uh, diversify, or the person at corporate America who says, "You know, what? I know it's kind of a crazy time, but it's my turn to go out there and be an entrepreneur." What would you say to those those folks? Yeah, my main thing would to advise because I've had a lot of people, you know, ask me over the years advice about becoming an entrepreneur is one: put a plan together. You know, put a business plan together. Um, really think through who's your customer, what's the competition, um, you know, what's the market entry, what's going to be your differentiator, and then also go out and do some customer discovery, you know, go talk to people and say, is there a market for this? You know, what do you like about what you're doing now? What don't you like? Even with, even though I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, you know, Uncaged has done an extensive customer um, discovery, you know, going out and talking to fashion brands, talking to leather workers, um, finding out what they like and don't like about competitors in this space. So I would say you can't do too much pre-planning, you know, really think it out, flush it out, make sure there's a business opportunity there. Cause I think a lot of people chase ideas that maybe aren't going to quite, you know, aren't, aren't going to quite come to it. So really, really think it through and talk to advisors up front. Sure. I've heard a lot of people say, make sure you got somebody who's willing to pay for your service or product. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very good. Well, Stephanie, this has been fun. You've opened my eyes to another world, which I, I love what I do because I get a chance to get interesting people like you on the show. So thank you for taking time out of your busy day and sharing your wisdom and your story. Very much okay. appreciated. Happy to. How can people get a hold of you? Should they be in an industry that could utilize your, your products? Uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Perfect, perfect. Um, Uncaged Innovations, so plural, uncagedinnovations.com is our website. And then we have a contact us form. Um, you know, everything from, you know, if they're interested in investing, we're, we're doing an investor raise now, or if they're with a fashion brand um, and, you know, or anything. So really, if they just, or they want to get involved in some capacity, um, please reach out on the website. And we're also on Instagram as, as Uncaged. Very good. Very good. Well, all that information will be on our show notes, which this will be aired in about somewhere between two to three weeks. So you'll be like, read, listen to this and see some of the, you know, how to get a hold of Stephanie there as well. So again, on behalf of our listeners, thank you for your time. I hope you have a great day and I wish you much success. Thank you. Rich LeBrun here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Get It Done Entrepreneurs. If you are a successful business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit us at rlebrun.com 
forward slash podcast and fill out the form and we will reach out to you. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag GetItDoneEntrepreneurs. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, rlebrun.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.